in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, February 1st. 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you for joining us on this new month. We said goodbye to January. We welcome in February. Hello, February. Well, hello, David. It is wonderful to make an appearance on the 2023 calendar. February. Yes. How does it rank in the David lineup uh, of favorite months? Boy, that's a good question. It's right down at the bottom. <laughs> I'm not going to lie <laughs> as far as months go. I did see this, though. What's that? I, no, 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 no offense to February. No, I love, I I love, love all February. the months. Of yes, February is wonderful. According to the news last night, weather-wise, February, at least Willamette Valley, talking southwest, Willamette Valley, southwest Washington, the snowiest month of the is year. Is it really? Yeah. So over the past... Two Februarys. I hope I have these statistics right. Over the past two Februarys, we've totaled at least in the greater Portland area ten inches of snow. I think that's combined. Like combined over five five inches one February, five the next, or however it added up. Whereas the past four Januarys, just a trace of snow. It, that is, is a really interesting. So if you're looking for snow statistically, this is the month. This will be the month. Yeah. Okay. Well, so far on the forecast, I don't see any no, snow. No, that's what they were saying. It wasn't, there wasn't anything in the uh, in immediate the future. looking yes. nothing. So, but that is interesting. Isn't that um, interesting? Something about January yeah. being in the, you know, middle, we'll say, of winter that i wonder if just it's too cold that the, we do get a lot of storms in december and we did this yeah. year things settled down in january but we are tipping back we are noticing a lot more light in the evening time mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. that maybe there's just something about that kind of particular tip of the earth we we'll yeah. say in february that makes it prime snow season well it is cold out again this morning 20 28 degrees so if you're wondering <laughs> if it's warmed up not much oh my little pond in the backyard that has my little frog that spits water into the fountain right frozen yeah solid i noticed just driving in little puddles that are still frozen haven't thawed out so yeah it is cold so bun bundle up this morning yes. just looking at the calendar so not a leap year not a leap year. 28 year. days. Okay, so I'll what, keep that in mind. When it's a leap year, it's 29 days? 29 days right. on those leap years. So instead of 365 days, we've got 366 yeah. days those years. Speaking of the cold temperatures, how's your outdoor faucet? Outdoor Is it faucet, okay? yes. The Band-Aid that I put on it from yeah. a couple of days ago, it worked well enough to keep things. It was dripping, I guess, a little bit. Uh, so Scott, when he came home yesterday, he looked at it and he said, yeah, that worked, but it does need to be replaced. I had the new little hose splitter, faucet splitter. Yeah. And so he said, all right, Christian, come here. <laughs> I'm going to show you this. <laughs> Get underneath that sink there. Yeah. And, uh, the, he, the main house shutoff valve is actually in a downstairs bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, where and actually water kind of, I guess, enters the house. Always good so to know where that is. Know where your shutoff yeah. valve is. Everybody should know how to shut off all the water. Yes. The kids were real young. 
uh, when they learned how to shut off the toilet water uh, right. uh, because that's been an issue uh, in right. the past before too. And so they all learned how to do that. And so, But it's good to know how to shut off the water main. Mm-hmm. So he turned off the water, walked out there, put the new hose on, I don't know, thread or whatever. Yeah. And uh, good we're go. all set. All right, good. And I didn't even have to pay a plumber. <laughs> that's right. Christian worked for a nice he's, warm dinner. That's it. He's, <laughs> he works for free. He works for food. So, uh, well, good. I'm glad to hear that because, yeah, yeah, there's nothing. Oh. When, you ha- when you run across those sorts of household things and it's like, oh, what are we going to do? Yep. Well, you, you took care of it. We took care of it. Our guardian. And these are the times where I believe that miracles happen when it doesn't get happen as bad as it could have. That's true. I think those are miracles. Just making sure that. Yeah. We're, even in those types of ways, I think the Lord wants us to have an easy time in life. And so he makes sure that angels or whoever that uh, yes. take care of plumbing the, issues the, for the us. Plumbing sure angels. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not as bad as it could have been. Well, hopefully now you can just ease into February. That's right. Yeah, and without a whole right lot in. of, and no 10 inches of snow this month. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see about that. There's uh, there's a whole month to go to see if that happens. <laughs> what do you have coming up this morning? Well, more than one million people join their voices to sing to Mary and celebrate Mass with Pope Francis. I have the latest on his trip to Africa. Oh, okay. Look forward to hearing that. And uh, somebody says he's retiring, and this time he means it. So we'll have that for you in the news. Who could that be? Yes. we got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here's Cody Roth, the reason for it all. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Sleepy eyes Wake up It's time to face the dawn Child rise Peer out And spread your arms Out wide And embrace this brand
Cody Roth and the reason for it all. 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Wednesday, the very first day of February. Well, tomorrow you're going to hear about a really neat event. Actually, you're going to hear about it this morning, but it happens tomorrow. A really unique, unique virtual event. And you know who's going to tell us about it? Oh, it's not Scoop. It's somebody that you know very <laughs> well. He joins us right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, 
please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Find the peace you need by joining Mater Dei Radio and the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. Throughout the day, you can break away from the stress and worry of your world and journey to the Abbey Church on the hilltop for a live stream of the Liturgy of the Hours. In addition to these peaceful times with the monks, the Hail Mary Media app also features Mater Dei Radio's live broadcast, podcast of all our original programming, including shows available exclusively on the app, an interactive community calendar of Catholic events, your own customizable schedule of personal prayer reminders, and much more. Download some peace into your life today. Look for Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or click materdayradio.com for all the details. Find your peace with the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app from Materday Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Another cold morning to wake up to, but temperature is going to rise and the sun looks like it's going to be making a little bit of an appearance this yeah. afternoon. Highs today going to get us to the mid-40s. Then one more night of very cold temperatures. We drop again below freezing. Then tomorrow we begin that warm-up we've been waiting for. Temperatures will push to the upper 40s. Now it looks like rain going to begin to fall late Friday, maybe, right. and keep up through the weekend and all the way into next week. All right, currently 28 degrees at St. Stanislaus Church in Portland. And it is 29 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic School in Vancouver. Well, Catholic Charities of Oregon is hosting a really unique virtual event tomorrow evening. It is going to focus on Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical on love, featuring storytelling and theological reflection. Give us a preview is one of the co-hosts of the event. That would be Ed Longwall, Communications Director for Catholic Charities of Oregon. Good morning, Ed, and uh, happy February to you. Thank you, David. Happy February to you and all your listeners. Well, we appreciate that. It kind of snuck up on us here, but here we are in February and uh, heading right into the heart of winter. But you have a really unique event, as I just mentioned, coming up tomorrow evening. Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical. And did you notice how I didn't try to pronounce the name of the encyclical? I was leaving that to you, the expert. <laughs> your, Latin, your Latin is a little rusty, huh? It is, yes. <clears throat> well, February is when we also talk about love, David. And Pope Benedict wrote uh, his first encyclical, Deus Caritas Est, God is Love. And for an agency that's all about love, this was something that we thought uh, upon Pope Benedict's death that we wanted to focus upon. Uh, you know, when Pope Benedict died, David, uh, our friends in the secular media, well, I'll say it, they were a little bit lazy. They really just characterized him as kind of the standard bearer for right. the traditional folks in the church. But boy, he was a lot more when you dig into his history a little bit. Um, I mean, how many people knew that he was one of the great theologians of the Second Vatican Council? His, his fellow German 
uh, bishops really weren't interested in the Second Vatican Council, but but uh, theologians like him brought them along to encounter the modern world and, and bring the church into uh, uh, this great influence of the modern world. So there, there's a lot there. And, you know, David, the first time Father Joseph Ratzinger, the future Pope Benedict, appears in the Catholic Sentinel, our local Catholic newspaper, right. was 1966. And there he was talking about love. Mm-hmm. He said the church needs to love without being transactional without expecting more people to join the church, we should give the love freely. So this is a guy who had love on his mind right from the start. You know, isn't it interesting that, like with artists of years gone by, artists past, sometimes their works really aren't discovered or appreciated, if you will, until they're passing. And maybe that's the case of Pope Benedict. I think you're right, David. I think as the time goes on, I think we'll appreciate him more and more. This encyclical on love, uh, really a couple of things here, David. One of the first things he says that uh, the church is all about love. It really defines the church. It's it's part of the church's nature. It's not something we just can decide to do or not. It's it's really what it is. And that from the earliest times, it was done in an organized way. He talked about, well, of course, Jesus washing the feet of the disciples at Mm -hmm. at the Last Supper. But then he... He's a historian, too, so he looked back at the ancient, the first monasteries that appeared in Egypt, and he found that those monks uh, chose people to, to kind of be uh, uh, the outreach people, the, the charitable function of the monastery went out and helped people who lived on the fringes and who were poor. So, so right from the start, this organized love is, is something that happened. And frankly, Catholic charities in our part of the world are the people who carry on this tradition. It's, love isn't just something that an individual does. It's something that we do together in an organized fashion. Right. Well, and uh, again, I'm obviously no biblical scholar, but what did uh, Jesus say? What was the greatest commandment of them all? Well, to love to love God and love others. Yeah, there you go. So I think that kind of sums it up right there. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about the event tomorrow evening and what folks can expect if they—it's it's, it's on Zoom, correct? It's on Zoom at 5 p.m. tomorrow evening. Uh, if you want to sign up, people can go to the Catholic Charities website and scroll down to the events section, and they'll find it there. They're going to hear from Archbishop Sample, who was named a bishop by Pope Benedict. They'll hear from Sarah Granger, who's kind of the, one of the great theologians of Catholic Charities. And then we have three frontline workers, John Herrera, who's our immigration uh, person, uh, Victoria Waldrop, who works with our uh, homeless uh, folks quite a bit. And then Olga Johnson, who's a financial coach for people trying to, uh, you know, be sustainable in, in a way. And they're going to talk about the way some of the themes of the encyclical and how they get lived out in their work. These are things like uh, loving uh, without reserve or, or not being superior right. uh, or, or loving with an open heart. Uh, some of these great themes that, that came down. And it's, it's something that will affect everybody. I think people are going to be thinking differently about charity and about love if they come to this event. So again, this is this is free, correct? You can just register and uh, yeah. be able to get the link to, to log on. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't even think we're going to make a, a pitch for donations at the end. This is just <laughs> to, nice. to, uh, to, to affect the way we're thinking about charity here in this region. Again, we're speaking with Ed Longwa. He is the Communications Director for Catholic Charities of Oregon. They're hosting an evening of virtual storytelling and theological reflection 
focusing on Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical on love, and that would be, Ed, you tell me. <laughs> Caritas Deus Est. God uh, is yeah, love. God is love. That is fantastic. Well, you know, you think about Catholic charities and so much of their work that they do. It is love. I mean, in in so many different ways, from helping the homeless to helping folks with finances. I mean, it, it really goes across the board. It's a real open heart. It, you know, those the, the other monastic tradition that goes way back to the church, the monastic tradition of love is is hospitality and welcoming people. And with our refugee services and homeless uh, services, that hospitality, that open door and open heart is very clearly carried on, that, that beautiful tradition. Mm. Uh, one, you know, I reported on the Catholic Charities for 30 years, David, and right. one of the things that attracted me back then was the way staff really they refuse to look down on clients like we're not the people who know everything. It's it's always been more of a partnership. And I think clients sense that respect that happens at, at Catholic organizations. And it it's a partnership of, of bringing healing and, and getting, getting life back on track that uh, gets done together. Beautiful. Ed Longwa, Catholic Charities of Oregon, the Communications Director. Please tune into their event tomorrow evening, the Zoom event. You can go to Catholic Charities of Oregon website to register and to find out more. Ed, great to talk with you. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. Thank you very much, David. I look forward to it. All right. God bless. And it is 7.22 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, that event that they were just talking about, can be found on the community calendar. Boy, they make it so easy for people to attend, being mm-hmm. that it's one of these Zoom events. And, uh, yeah, you can get on right from the comfort of your home and listen to Archbishop Sample and Ed and Sarah Granger just talk about this beautiful encyclical. You can find all of our community calendar events. Just head over to our webpage, materdayradio.com. It is under the Get Involved menu. You can also access it on the Hail Mary Media app. It has an integrated map system. So I think if you uh, looked up the event that Ed is talking about, it's going to give you directions to your couch. (laughs) That should be very nice and comfortable evening as well. It is a community calendar at materdayradio.com. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with A Mother's Moment. One of the greatest blessings about being American is all the unbelievable opportunities there are for our children. We can help them meet their dreams with their talent, both of our time, and of course, money. Daily, it seems like someone is asking me to do just one more activity to help them become a better athlete or try something new. Now with six kids, that's a lot of requests. So if you say yes to all these activities, you can find yourself overcommitted and broke with the busyness of raising children. The real question is, What will bring our family true happiness? Blessed Pierre Giorgio stated it best when he said, True happiness does not consist in the pleasures of this world or earthly things, but in the peace of conscience, which we only have if we are pure of heart and mind. So let's focus on clearing out the culture of distraction and busyness from our home 
and evaluate what really is important for our family, viewing our life in light of the gospel and what Christ is asking us to do as Catholics will bring us true happiness. So let's stop acting like busy bees and focus on these eternal goals and recognize that activities do build virtue and help prepare them for life, but they will not give us true happiness. St. Augustine of Hippo said it best in 430, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, Lord. So let us pray. Dear Jesus, please bring true happiness to our family, and may we be a light in this world by not seeking happiness through busyness. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Have you decided that this is the year? Well, you're going to get a few things done to make it memorable. Well, one of those things can be to support Mater Day Radio when you shop for the cause. With your everyday purchases through Amazon Smiles or Fred Meyer Community Rewards, a percentage will go to support great Catholic programming. Sign up is quick and easy. Just go to our webpage for all the information at materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, he's hanging up his cleats, and this time he says he really means it. We'll have the report for you in the news. And discover the power of agape love. Because the Bible you know, talks quite a bit about it. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Jackie Bisson and Touch the Sky. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. When fortune lies beyond the stars, those dazzling heights too fast to climb. Got so hard to fall so far, but I found heaven is love's right flow. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. Upward falling, spirit soaring. I touched the sky with my knees hit. Freedom, go can't buy. 
Jackie Bisson and Touch the Sky. 731 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, it was an incredible gathering as more than one million people attended Pope Francis Mass in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Wednesday morning, according to local authorities. The Mass in Kinshasa, DRC's capital city, took place on the airfield of the Indolo Airport the second day of the Pope's trip to two countries in Central and East Africa. Catholics attended a prayer vigil with confessions and music the night of January 31st. Some people who traveled from far away stayed at the airport all night until the morning mass this morning. Now, people gathered in the field hours before the start of the 9.30 a.m. local time mass. Catholics danced, sang songs, including a joyful chant of Maman Maria which means Mama Mary in French, mm. as they waited for Pope Francis' arrival. Pope Francis celebrated Mass in French, the official language of the DRC. And Pope delivered his homily in Italian with French translations for the Mass, which was celebrated according to the Zaire use of the ordinary form of the Roman rite. The Pope said there are three wellsprings of peace, forgiveness, community, and a mission. And he encouraged the people of DRC to unite their suffering to the suffering of Christ. 
Wow, a million a, people. A million people. I can't even imagine. David, I've been to two large masses, mm-hmm. uh, and both of them, they were papal masses. One was our, our one trip to Rome all the way back in 2012. Right. That was a uh, canonization mass. I think there was about uh, 80,000 people on the on the ground, I guess, of of St. Peter's. The other one was about 110,000 people. I went to Mass at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Pope John Paul II's visit back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, wow, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Ten times. (laughs) I know. Take take the Coliseum in Los Angeles, multiply it ten times, and that's how many people were at this Mass. Pretty amazing. Well, on the business front this morning, Bed Bath & Beyond has announced it is closing another 87 stores across the country. The closing stores are in addition to the 150 closures Bed Bath & Beyond announced last August. Included in the new list are all 49 remaining Harmon Face Value stores, which once sold cosmetics. One of the closures of the Bed Bath & Beyond list on the list is in Vancouver on Vancouver Plaza Drive. And Intel has told its workers that it plans to cut employee compensation following a 32% decline in quarterly revenue, the giant chip maker reported last week. Base pay for employees above its mid-level ranks will see at least a 5% cut effective March 1st. Top executives will see greater reductions. Hourly employees won't be affected, but other incentives will be eliminated, such as merit raises and quarterly profit-sharing bonuses. Well, Washington State is a national outlier when it comes to the age at which children are required to be registered for school. Well, that could change with a bill that recently passed through the Washington Senate Education Committee. Senate Bill 5020 aims to lower Washington's compulsory school age from eight to the age of a typical second, which is the typical age of a second or third grader down to six. Now, if the bill passes, children as young as six will have to enroll in a public or private school or be homeschooled. State regulations would require families to register with their local districts, cover required subject areas, and keep academic records. Now, unlike older homeschool students, six- and seven-year-olds would not be required by the bill to take academic progress tests every year. But parents who testify against the bill earlier this month argued the change isn't necessary and would put some students in school before they're ready. It would also, they said, place an extra burden on parents who are homeschooling their children in the earlier grades. Now, Washington's eight-year-old compulsory school start age is the highest in the U.S. Dozen states, including Indiana, Louisiana, Idaho, and Minnesota, require education to start by age seven, and 11 states, including Arkansas, Connecticut, Virginia, and the District of Columbia, require enrollment by age five. And the remaining 26 states require students to start at age six. Now, here's how out of touch I am. It never occurred to me in all of the years of, you know, having kids in the schools, right. private school, and then the public school system in Washington, that there was a required minimum age. That they had to be in school. It just seemed so natural. They did a couple of hours of preschool, a couple of days a week when right. they were four. They went into kindergarten all day. And then, you know, six years old, they were in first grade. It yeah. just seemed like a very natural progression. But, yeah, they're not required until eight years old. So the uh, truant officer didn't come knocking not at Not at my door. door. Yeah, at right. least not during those <laughs> elementary school years. 
Well, it is the end of an era in the friendly skies. Boeing delivered its last 747 jumbo jet on Tuesday. It went to Atlas Air to be used as a cargo freighter. Since its first flight in 1969, the giant 747 has served as a cargo plane, a commercial aircraft capable of carrying nearly 500 passengers, a transport for NASA's space shuttle. Remember seeing it, carrying it on that? I do, yep. And the Air Force One presidential aircraft. It revolutionized travel, connecting international cities that had never before had direct routes. But over the past 15 years, Boeing and its European rival Airbus have introduced more profitable and fuel-efficient wide-body planes with only two engines to maintain instead of the 747's four. Final plane is the 1,574th built by Boeing in the Seattle-Tacoma facility. The first 747 entered service 1970 on Pan Am's New York to London route. Uh, I believe that that airplane was the star of Airport 72, 73, uh, 75, yes. 70. Remember all of those airport oh, yeah. movies? Sure. I think 747s were a big part of that. I think the Concorde made an appearance in one of those movies, too. Right. Talk about the bread and butter of an industry. So the one thing I always remember about the 747 Jumbo Jet when it first came on the scene, and I thought how cool this was, it like had a spiral staircase up to the lounge. Right? Yeah. It's Never like, went up those stairs. look at that. Yeah. Uh, I think that there may have been a model 747 somewhere in the house growing up with Scott. Did you have one of those? Yeah, you know? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was on like a little uh, pedal yeah. stool or something. Yeah. Cool. Is that the one that PSA had the little smile on it, too? Is that a some yeah, That could have been. Could have been, yeah. too. Had the bubble on top. That's what I always remember. Ah, yeah. So fun. Well, daytime talk show host Dr. Phil said to end after 21 season concludes this spring. Hmm. Dr. Phil McGraw made the decision to end the show at the close of the current season, according to CBS Media Ventures. Now, the original episodes uh, will air through the end of this season. 72-year-old who got his start on the Oprah Winfrey show has been a mainstay on daytime television for more than 20 years. McGraw made his debut on the daytime show scene in the late 1990s as a regular guest on the Oprah Winfrey show. Then in 2002, Dr. Phil began airing and received the highest ratings of any new syndicated show since the Oprah Winfrey show. Now, McGraw plans to focus on new ventures, including a strategic primetime partnership that will launch in 2024. Hmm. So you think about all of these longtime daytime talk show hosts that have ended. Ellen DeGeneres, Dr. Oz, of course, you know, who didn't love Maury Povich? His show ended and now Dr. Phil. I got to tell you, I never saw a Dr. Phil show. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, obviously well aware of him, but I think probably because it's a daytime. Sure. And I was he comes working. on at 3 yeah, o'clock. Yeah. I'm working. You're working at That's 3 right. o'clock. <laughs> uh, I used to watch him a lot, yeah, you know, probably in the last, we'll say, 8 to 10 years. I haven't watched yeah. it. It's, it became a little salacious. And, oh, sure. You know, yeah. it didn't really relate as much as it did in the, you know, earlier years. But I remember when he came on Oprah once a week. Yeah. I mean, he was real popular there, too. I remembered it was like Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it was, it was Dr. Dr. Phil, Dr. Day. Phil Day on Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, good luck to him. Okay. Uh, in sports, in a recorded video post this morning, legendary quarterback Tom Brady said he is retiring for good from football 
ending a 23-year NFL career that included seven Super Bowl titles and numerous records. You may remember last year, the 45-year-old Brady announced his retirement on this very day. What? February 1st is when he announced his retirement last year, only to change his mind 40 days later. <laughs> but this time he says it's for real. It's for real. This he, time, okay. He's, he's really doing it. So I uh, will believe that uh, next September when kickoff begins <laughs> for the new NFL that's, season. That's right. We'll, well see. I wish him well. You know, oh, I yeah. Hope, I hope Amazing. the last couple of years, you know, after they won that incredible Super Bowl, uh, a few years ago, that yeah, two years ago, that amazing comeback. Yeah. I thought, you know, it, it can't get better than this. But he still got a few more years out, and hopefully, that was enough for him now. Yeah, he's got a career in uh, television waiting for oh, him. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday at 8 a.m., it is the Idaho Catholic Men's Conference in person and online, St. Paul's Catholic Church in Nampa, Idaho. The day's schedule includes Mass celebrated by Bishop Peter Christensen, talks by Monsignor James Shea, and Major League Baseball All-Star Mike Sweeney. Reconciliation will also be available, a light breakfast and lunch, and a Wise and Cheese Fellowship at the end of the day. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. What do we have coming up next? Well, coming up, you know, it is February. Yeah. That means this month is the beginning of Lent. So now is the time to start those ideas and preparations to have a Holy Lent. Father John Burns joining us with some resources for you. All right, right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying the Memorare to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, almost chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? 
Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. 7.45 in Mater Day Radio. Well, it may see a little sunshine out there today. Some morning clouds will have a high of 43 degrees. Then partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 30 Then for Thursday, mostly cloudy skies, high of 48. Looks like the rain may be rolling in on Thursday night. Currently, it is 30 degrees at St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church in Portland. And 25 degrees at Our Lady of Perpetual Help Church in Cottage Grove. Well, we're already through the month of January, and now in just a few weeks... Well, we begin our journey to Easter. Ash Wednesday is coming up February 22nd. Well, right now is the perfect time to make a plan for a real and lasting conversion. Father John Burns has created a beautiful guided journal for prayer and meditation for every single week of Lent. Now, Father Burns continues this series with Ave Maria Press in his new book for Lent titled Return a guided Lent journey for prayer and meditation. Father Burns is with me today to tell us a little more about it. Good morning, Father Burns. Thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend. Yeah, good morning. Great to be with you all. Well, Father Burns, if there is one perfect word that describes our Lenten journey, (laughs) it would be return. (laughs) Yeah, how's God calling us to return to Him during this specific season of Lent? Yeah, that's it. It's uh, it, actually the, the the reason for that title comes from the the first reading at Ash Wednesday every single year, which is the prophet Joel. So many of the different prophets said, "Return, return, return to me." But Joel has this really powerful line: "Return to me with your whole heart." And that's kind of what I wanted to carry through the journal is this real invitation, like the desire of God, not just that we would turn away from sin, that we'd come back, but that the return would be wholehearted. Which means, yeah, getting at like the deep places that we've lived outside of the, the logic of love, outside of the gift of grace, and, and being willing to like let everything be reconciled in Christ. So Lent, that's what Lent is for. And uh, I just hope to be able to help you all do that um, with a little bit of insight, a little bit of reflection, and then a whole bunch of scripture. Because, yeah, the church has given us everything we need for a good return. But boy, our nature rails against it. It's just hard to come back to God. Oh, Hard indeed. And what's also hard too, Lent, you know, it's not an easy journey. And we have to sacrifice. Oh, our society tells us we should want and gather, not give up, especially (laughs) things that we want to eat or, or do. But sacrifice, you know, how important is that as a part of conversion? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, you'll see it if you read the book in the introduction. I say that, uh, that it's not an easy season. And I also say, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat any of this stuff and pretend like we can just talk about flowers and easy things. Like, what's at stake is our, our salvation, right? Our souls, our, our eternal destiny. And, and the church gives us this season every single year to repeat a process of conversion because it's really easy to just get comfortable here on earth. It's really easy to start living like, this is the whole story. This is the end of the story. This is my kingdom. And as we settle into that, we just get really comfortable and just kind of want to stay here. So every year Lent is just like, 
awakening, uh, really like a jostling awake to be like, hey, hold on, <laughs> you're actually dying. Your body's passing away, but your soul might also be pointed toward death. Let's look at that and let's get back to life. And and the flesh rebels against that. The world rebels against that, especially in a culture that says, no, no, just sacrifice. Don't don't be masochistic. Don't be caught up in all this pain searching. Just enjoy yourself. Just have an easy go. Have everything at your fingertips. And that's awfully attractive to us. Um, the reason I think Lent is such a gift, not just to us believers, but to the world, is because the basic message is like, it's not okay. Like, you're not doing well. You, you got to get back on track. God wants to, to give you every good gift from on high. But as of right now, your, your your life is pointing in a way that shows like you haven't received that gift or there's stuff that needs to go. There's stuff that doesn't look like Christ. How do we confront that? And that's what Lent is for, which is really like a going out into the desert to let some of these things of the world starve in us. So there's only room for God. Mm, no doubt. Some of what you will come to learn in Father Burns' new book, Return, a Guided Lent Journal for Prayer and Meditation. Well, it almost feels like the water running down the path. You know, water's going to find the path of least resistance, you know, and if we're walking down that path and we're not paying attention, you know, we're distracted and there's work and there's money and kids have social media. That path sometimes doesn't seem so clear, Father. How do you know that when we set out on this journey and we're like, okay, I'm going to return and I'm going to do all these things, well, how do you know that those things that you're doing and sacrificing is the path that's going to get us not necessarily the least resistance, but the path that's maybe a little harder that's going to journey us towards the Lord closer? Yeah, it's a, that's a beautiful way of phrasing the question. Um, the path of least resistance is just that, right? It's easy. And uh, Christ speaks into that in the gospel. You know, he says the, the, the way is a narrow way. It's not the easy way. Easy is the way that leads to perdition. The way, the way to life is narrow. And uh, wonderfully, though, we know that he walked it first. And, and when he said, take up your cross and follow me, you know, he's setting a pathway into the fulfillment of every promise, the fulfillment of every human desire, the gift of eternal life. And, and the way there for Jesus himself was hard. It was a difficult way. It entailed suffering on Holy Thursday, betrayal, uh, mockery on Holy Friday, a uh, Good Friday, with all of the, the crucifixion, the elements of the passion. It entailed death and then life. And so um, we have this kind of twofold blessing here. One is the recognition that uh, the way is not easy. And, and Christ told us that. He promised us it wouldn't be easy, but he went first, and so he made it possible for the hard things to actually be not just suffered, um, you know, in a way that we could survive them, but suffered in communion with him who suffered them first for love. And so while there might be a lot of sacrifice and there might be a lot of suffering and there is penance, those things kind of take up a new intentionality when we really move through Lent with the right spirit, which is to see that Jesus did this because he's in love with us. He did this as a bridegroom, trying to, to win back for himself a bride to rescue her from the kingdom of darkness and the serpent who had held her captive from the beginning. So while we will suffer and, and sometimes to, to mortify the flesh or to leave behind the comforts that we've allowed to take too strong a place in our lives, while that might be painful, if we keep our eyes on Christ and we relate all those sufferings to him and we, we bring them into his passion, we let him, as it were, re-narrate or walk through the narrative of our own suffering and unite it to the narrative of his, which is Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. And really the only way to the joy that the church is always promising us, that God himself promised, is through the passion, which is through Lent to get us ready for what it is to, to truly break forth in song. That way is just not an easy way, if we want it to be lasting. But yeah. as we go through it, the, the, the joy is 
we start to notice that a tree, in, in fact, is known by its fruits. And while we might suffer and sacrifice when we're doing that with Christ, we actually also start to notice like, yeah, I do feel better. I do notice a quickness, an ease toward the good. I do experience an upwelling of desire to, to be a better man or woman or to help those who are, are needy or less fortunate than I. And in real time throughout Lent, if we take the practices seriously, we actually notice that we're becoming more like Christ, who is the fullness of life, who promises joy, and we start to taste that joy even in the midst of the desert of Lent. So it's a, it's a real-time unfolding of recognizing that God God actually wants to go with us through everything so we can come out of our sin into life. Oh, amen to everything, Father Burns. <laughs> yeah, as you said, Lent is not easy, and the path, it, you know, it, it can be difficult, but to know that we, you know, have those little confirmations throughout that, yes, this is the way to go— well, Father Burns, this has been an amazing conversation. Preparing for Lent right now is the best time to do that. There is more I want to talk to you about in your new book, but I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break and we can continue in our next half hour? Yes, I love this stuff. I'd love to. We'll see you after the break. Fantastic. And it is 7.53 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you. On this Wednesday morning, the first day of February, well, the first new show in February, 7.30 tonight, that would be Blazing the Trail with Miriam Marston. Again, 7.30 this evening. We have so many wonderful local produced programs here on Mater Day Radio. If you go to our website, click on the programming page and the programming schedule, you can see all of, this, all of the programs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And in fact, you can print yourself off one of the schedules. It's on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. 
Dr. Bianco Family Dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Dei Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 757 at Mater Dei Radio. It's an effort to help the arts in Oregon. We'll tell you about it in the news. And do you love your neighbor as much as you love pizza? We'll talk about love right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Bridget had everything against her before she even started her life. Her mother, Broca, was a Christian slave in her father's house, the pagan Scottish king, Dua. And before Bridget was born, her mother was sold to work in the dairy fields. After her birth, in the year 453, she remained with her mother until she was old enough to return to her father, the king and legal owner. Despite the hand she was dealt, Bridget was known around the palace for her joy and charitable heart. She didn't like seeing others around her suffer and gave whatever she had to the poor and infirmed. Her simple response? Christ dwelt in every creature. How could she not serve her Lord? It was this very mindset that spared her a beating on one occasion. King Duat was attempting to sell her to the King of Leinster when she was caught giving away a valuable sword to a beggar that belonged to the king. To Bridget's luck, the King of Leinster was a devout Christian who recognized the great piety of the child and forbade the king from raising a hand. It was at that moment that Bridget was granted her freedom, even if it were just to keep her from giving away everything the king owned. After earning her freedom, Bridget returned to her mother and took over the dairy farm that Broca had been overseeing. Again, Bridget returned to her generous gifting and began giving away more dairy than selling it. To everyone's surprise, the dairy production was more profitable than ever. I'm not good with numbers, but I do know that shouldn't add up. And that's why miracles are miracles. She would come to be known as the patron saint of milking maids and dairy workers. Bridget's mother was also granted her freedom and gratitude for the prosperity, and Bridget felt a calling in her heart to return to her father. What he thought to be a generous gift, he arranged for a marriage for Bridget's hand with a wealthy bard. But Bridget's heart belonged to God, and she immediately ran to her bishop to take her first vows. Bridget would go on to establish the first double monastery, with men and women united under the same superior who shared charisms. She also set to work establishing countless monasteries throughout all of Ireland, and eventually died a peaceful death in the year 523. Bridget's name means fiery arrow, and she in fact pierced the hearts of anyone she encountered with the fire of the Holy Spirit. She lived up to her name and chose not to allow her circumstances to limit her life. She chose to see Christ in her neighbors, gave with her whole heart, and never once saw her life as a mistake or unredeemable outcast. She gave everything to the Lord and held nothing back, resulting in a life that only elevated the true joy God has in store for each of us. Have we ever been afraid of giving everything to God? We so often hold at least one thing back because we're afraid that if we give that one thing away, we'll be left with absolutely nothing. It's just not a good, safe business transaction, but God isn't a transaction. 
His ways aren't always going to be our ways. It's in those moments that God calls out to us so that He can fill us with more than we could ever have imagined. When we surrender everything to God, we are left poor in spirit and rich in the endless love of God. St. Bridget of Ireland, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please down our please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's eight o'clock. And in your news this hour, Pope Francis has appointed Bishop Mario Dorsonville, an auxiliary bishop for the Archdiocese of Washington, to lead the Diocese of Huma Thibodeau in Louisiana. Dorsonville, 62 years old, was born in Bogota, Colombia. He first moved to the United States in the early 1990s to study for a doctorate in ministry from Catholic University of America. The Diocese of Huma Thibodeau serves approximately 90,000 Catholics in southeastern Louisiana. Now, Dorsonville succeeds 59-year-old Archbishop Shelton Fabre, who was transferred to the Archdiocese of Louisville in Kentucky by Pope Francis in March of last year. Dorsonville has been an auxiliary bishop for the Archdiocese of Washington since 2015. From 2019 to 2022, he served as chairman for the Migration and Refugee Services Committee of the U.S. Bishops Conference. And in his first speech in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Tuesday, Pope Francis urged the international community to give the Central African country its autonomy while not turning a blind eye to exploitation and violence. This country, he said, and this continent deserve to be respected and listened to. They deserve to find space and receive attention, the Pope said, in the garden of the Palace de la Nationale in Kinshasa. Hands off the Democratic Republic of the Congo, he continued, as spectators cheered and applauded. He said, hands off Africa, stop choking Africa. Africa is not a mine to be stripped or a terrain to be plundered. Now, Pope Francis landed in Kinshasa, the capital city of the DRC, in the afternoon of January 31st. The visit is the first leg of a six-day trip that will also include South Sudan. Well, for the first time ever, nine members of the Oregon legislature have joined together to bolster arts and culture in the state. The bipartisan caucus will serve as a resource to the Oregon legislature on key issues impacting the arts and culture sector. Its members will work closely with organizations such as the Oregon Arts Commission and the Oregon Cultural Trust to stay informed on the latest issues, as well as set agenda on priorities for arts and culture legislation and funding. Now, research shows that arts and culture was one of the hardest hit sectors by the pandemic and that cultural organizations continue to feel the impact. The U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis reports that the arts and culture sector contributed $8 billion to Oregon's economy in 2020 while supporting thousands of jobs. Pretty amazing when you think about that. Yeah, we're talking about how the arts and culture industry right? still having a hard time coming back, where some organizations, like ticket sales, still like at just 50% wow. of what they were before, before the pandemic. Yeah, Gosh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. 
Well, a man suspected in a violent kidnapping in Oregon has died, according to KGW. Benjamin Obadiah Foster, 36 years old, died on the way to the hospital after an hours-long standoff with police. It is unclear what led to Foster's death. Police plan on holding a news conference sometime today. Now, Grants Pass Police Lieutenant Jeff Hardisley told KTLV Tuesday evening that Foster was found underneath a house in Grants Pass and that police were trying to get him to surrender. Just before 8 p.m., Hardisley said the situation was resolved. Now, he said on Tuesday afternoon that authorities received credible information that Foster had entered the home where a woman was found unconscious and near death January 24th. Officers from four agencies concentrated in the area set up a command post and assembled a SWAT team, according to the newspaper. Foster was spotted then again Tuesday morning in the Grants Pass area. The Grants Pass Police Department said in 2019 before moving to Oregon, Foster had held his then-girlfriend captive inside a Las Vegas apartment for two weeks. He initially was charged with five felonies at that time, including assault and battery. Foster reached a deal with prosecutors in August of 2021. Well, next time you bite into Peeps, you know what I'm talking about, the marshmallow-shaped chick, most popular during Easter. Well, you can thank Ira Bob Bourne, known as the father of Peeps, for making the sweet treat possible. The 98-year-old inventor died over the weekend, according to his family. Bourne began his life in New York City in 1924. His father, Sam Bourne, was a Russian immigrant who started just born quality confections shortly before his son's birth. The family later moved to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where the 100-year-old company is still based. So after a stint in the Navy, Bob was headed to medical school but fell in love with the family candy business. After seeing how long it took to hand make a peep, he engineered a peeps-making machine that can now produce 5.5 million peeps a day. What? Yes, so Just Born Quality Confections makes around 2 billion peeps each year, or enough to circle the globe two and a half times. Bob also invented another candy. You'll What's know that this one? one. Hot tamales. Hot tamales. Those are the little chewy. Yeah, kind of cinnamony. Like gummy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's so. there oh. you go. There's the story of There's Bob the, Bourne and Peeps. Boy, that will, he is a man who will be remembered yeah. for many years. Uh I, I the hot tamales are okay, but they are spicy. They are. Uh, I think that when I was younger, I ate my fair share of Peeps, but mm-hmm. now I'm not quite sure why. Because when I've tasted one, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, mm, not yeah, uh, not uh, what it, I exactly well, like. It, it, it's interesting too because it, it listed out the biggest sales of Peeps throughout the year, and Easter by far oh, yeah. was the biggest. One. Okay. Or the Easter basket. Okay. I've known people to take those and put them in hot chocolate. Oh, all right. For Easter time. Try that and let me know. Yeah, yeah, sounds sweet. Well, daytime talk show host Dr. Phil said to end after its 21st season that it concludes this spring. Dr. Phil McGraw made the decision to end the show at the close of the current 2022-23 season. Now, original episodes will air through the end of the spring. The 72-year-old who got his start on The Oprah Winfrey Show has been a mainstay on daytime television for more than 20 years. McGraw made his debut on the daytime show scene in the late 1990s as a regular guest on The 
The Oprah Winfrey Show. Then in 2002, Dr. Phil began airing, received the highest ratings of any new syndicated show since The Oprah Winfrey Show. Oh, wow. So uh, going into retirement, but they do say that there will be some primetime events that he will be hosting every now and then. All right. In sports, after a record-breaking weekend, University of Portland women's basketball forward Alex Fowler has been named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. It's the third time this year she's won the award. Now, the honor comes after averaging 18 points a game across two games. And in the win against Loyola Marymount, Fowler became the Pilots' all-time leading scorer at the NCAA Division I level. Fowler has been one of the best players in the West Coast Conference this season, leading in many categories, including total points and points per game. Pilots are 10-1 and in conference play, good for second place. Portland back in action tomorrow for their showdown against the San Francisco Dons. That's down in the Bay Area. Credible season for Fowler. Just, yeah, amazing. And, I mean, uh, looking forward to see how it progresses here with still several games to go in the season. All right. Well, how often do we misuse the word love? We love many things in our first world culture. We love pizza. We love to sit down and watch Netflix. Some of us love our pets and maybe a fewer love their jobs. And yet, hopefully, we love our family, too. We are overflowing with love. Or are we just overusing the word? Or Caroline Godden, The Power of Agape Love, is her recent article on EpicPew.com. And she says, while the word love is mentioned in the Bible hundreds of times, the word charity only mentioned a handful of times. Well, the Greek language has several words for love, each specific to a type of love. Eros refers to passion. Philia to friendship, and eludus, that's playful to name a few. But one Greek word for love appears in the Bible over 600 times. and It is the deepest, most sacrificial love, agape. Agape. Yes. Okay. Now the Greek agape translates to the Latin caritas, mm. which you were just talking with Ed Longlaw yeah. about uh, the Pope's encyclical, right. uh, Deus Caritas Est. Now, that means love for all, or more commonly, charity. If we then can associate agape with charity, then we can understand the translation each mentioned in the word love more clearly. In fact, St. Paul talks about love famously in 1 Corinthians. You know this one. Love is patient. Oh, yes. Love is kind. Love does not brood over injury, right? He's not talking about eros or philia. He's talking about agape. Now, when we think of charity in our world, at least from a secular perspective, we think about clothing donations or a few coins in the basket and maybe uh, some time uh, to help others. But true, deeper charity St. Paul is talking about is a way of a living, not a momentary action. She goes on to say, we get rid of old stuff we no longer need. We won't even miss it. We can donate a few extra dollars to a cause if we can afford it. But agape isn't about what's left over or convenient. Agape is selfless and puts humanity and others before ourselves. So perhaps if you are shoveling your driveway and you see your neighbors still out there, well, can you help them out too? Can you donate time and money and before you put that money into the vacation savings, mm-hmm. well, you want to give first. You don't want to give of what is extra. So just a way to think about agape love. 
It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And on February 10th through the 12th, it is a woman's retreat with Bishop Peter Smith at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. St. Juan Diego Parish invites women to its upcoming weekend retreat. The theme is what our story what our story as catholic bishop smith will talk about our relationship with and our foundation in our lord jesus christ and his gospel message you can find more details on these and other events head over to the community calendar materdayradio.com and the hail mary media app and brenda continues to interview with father burns right after the forecast Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just days away. Get ready for this special season in the church with help from Mater Day Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic reflections that will enrich your life. Mater Day Radio is also eager to pray for your personal requests through our prayer hotline. You can send an intention to our prayer team now by clicking the pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and materdayradio.com or call directly to the prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Lent will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready to pray with the Hail Mary Media app and Matre Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 814 at Mater Dei Radio. Partly sunny skies today. We'll have a high of 43 degrees. Cloudy overnight tonight, low of 30. And then mostly cloudy skies for Thursday, a high of 48. Currently it is 28 degrees at Our Lady Star of the Sea Catholic Church in Stevenson. And it is 36 degrees at St. Philip Church in Dallas. I am back with Father Burns. His new book is Return, a guided Lent journal for prayer and meditation. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Father Burns is joining me today. So we break open this amazing work just in time for Lent. Father Burns, thanks so much for staying with me today. Oh, yeah, such a gift to be back with you all. I just love this stuff. So can't wait to unpack it a little bit further. Father Burns, well, you've made this conversion a little easier by tackling it week by week in your new book, Return. So kind of break open your book a little bit for listeners and how you approach each week of Lent as we journey towards Easter. Yeah, so that one of the things that kind of is hidden through the book, two, two layers of kind of hidden intentionality. One is to relate all of this to uh, the God-man, Jesus, who is the bridegroom, who suffers for love of his bride. 
so that there's a way for us to endure and engage all of the layers of Lenten suffering in communion with Christ to bring the logic of love into it. So I'll weave that through all the weeks, all the writings as much as possible. The other uh, intentionality of the whole book is to help us recognize that the Church started giving us like more than we need. The, the liturgy of the Church, the flow of the prayers of the Church, and the readings of Scripture that we confront or are invited into during Lent are just so profound. So I let the book really be influenced by the flow of the liturgy. Each of the days begins with the prayer, the collect, the opening prayer from that day's Mass, so that we're praying with the Church and with each other. So when you pray with any of the meditations, you're actually you're opening with the prayer that comes from the Mass of the day, which means everybody throughout the whole world is praying that same prayer. Then, at the macro level or semi-macro, each week is structured by a different part of the Joel prophecy, which again comes from the first reading on the first day of Lent, which is Ash Wednesday. And the, the full prophecy or the line that I use, return to me, the Lord says, with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Tear your hearts or rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. So each week takes a part of that. The first week is return to me. The next return to me with your whole heart. The next return to me with fasting. The next return to me with weeping and mourning. The next rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord. So there's this way of, of really unpacking why God put it that way, and then how um, what God is saying through the prophet Joel is a personal invitation to each of us to, to come back to him um, by these little meditations. And they're not long. Each one is about a, a page long, maybe a little bit longer. So there's much more to be said, right, throughout the season of Lent, but this is meant to be like a starting point for you to help you move with the church in her liturgy, in her prayers, to hear that prophecy, and to, to really come into a greater intimacy with Christ, who's who's living and dying for love, to bring us into everlasting life with God who is love. Father John Burns is the author of a new book, Return, A Guided Lent Journey for Prayer and Meditation. It is out by Ave Maria Press and again, beautifully illustrated by Josiah Henley, who has also done more modern illustrations for previous books in this series. Well, as with the other books in this series by Ave Maria Press, Father Burns, there are also weekly companion videos. Tell us more about that and how Ave Maria Press kind of puts these out along with you to, again, another aid in this journey. Yeah, that's it. We're just trying to come with you and help you um, stay accountable to the journey, but also go deeper into it. And um, in addition to the journal with the daily reflections and all the questions and prayers that we present you with, there's also a weekly video that we'll put out each week um, that kind of adds to the theme that's contained in the book and is meant to help you out uh, in going a little bit deeper. And those videos are pretty fun. Uh, so the theme, right, Lent is 40 days in the desert with Christ, which is a remembrance of Israel's 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Um, we filmed them in the midst of uh, these sand dunes that very much look like the desert, like the Sahara Desert or something. And it's the videos are awesome. They're, if you look at them, uh, there's no green screen. There's no CGI. It's it's straight up just all regular camera filming. But the setting is really cool. And I just had a blast filming them. I was sick. I don't know if I had COVID or something else. I was really sick. So I knew I was suffering for the sake of what was being brought about. Mm. And the Lord gave a lot of really beautiful insights. So I'm excited for people to not just um, get to walk with the journal, but also have a weekly companion video, which, yeah, we're, we're both issued to the Lord as a, as a deep offering from my own suffering, which to me is just a sign that the content matters. And even the enemy was opposed to oh. what I was trying to bring forth for the church. For sure. And we are fortunate here at Mater Day Radio, Ave Maria Press has made these companion videos available on our Hail Mary media app. 
Well, Father Burns, you also have a passion for young people, young adults, teenagers. You've spoken at Steubenville conferences. You know, I have uh, two teenagers in my home. And while, you know, I want them to journey with me during this Lenten practices, I mean, for kids, just grasping the faith on a daily level can be difficult. But now we're asking during the Lenten time, well, okay, what are you giving up? What are you going to do? Let's go to confession during the season sometime. But can we as parents really lean into this book with those companion videos and ask our teenagers or, or young adults in, in, that are still living with us, ask them, lean in a little bit more, push a little bit more than what you're used to because the season of Lent, valuable time in the life of the church and a valuable time in their own lives. Totally. I think absolutely right, uh, Brenda, that it's, it's vital that we, in families and communities, especially um, if you're dealing with any you know youth ministry work or working with teenagers, to be able to translate a lot of the gift of the season into like practicals and like what, basically the big question that you just said, you know, what are you giving up? What are you doing? To always be able to help the, the young person or the child ask, and why are you doing it? You know, what are you giving up? But what's the reason? What's the rationale? So that it's not just like empty sacrifice or just a seemingly torturous suffering, but rather like, no, this is done so that I can confront the stuff in me that is in the way, the obstacles to my own conversion, the, the ways that I'm too comfortable in the world or the ways that I've <clears throat> chosen sin. Uh, I'm going to give these things up to, to engage some discipline. I'm going to add these practices of prayer and almsgiving so that I my life starts to look more like Christ. So even the little kids be like, if you give this up, give it up and pray, give it up and kiss the cross, give it up and, and come to Jesus and let it be an offering and a suffering with him, which is really just going to help you be more like him, which is going to make it easier to navigate all the questions that you got to deal with at whatever age. But the why for all of our Lenten practices really has to be for love, but especially in view of a turning from sin and coming into communion with Jesus, who who's in love with us and is trying to draw us into that, that divine embrace. Father Burns, I love that idea of turning that why question back to them. How many times have parents had to answer that why question to our kids throughout their lives? But turn it back on them and let that why question yeah, really open up that deeper conversation. Well, Father, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. Before we go, can you end us in a prayer and your priestly blessing? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Just a privilege for with you guys. Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts, please, in this very moment. We just pause to allow you, Holy Spirit, to have your way with us. Jesus, please draw us with you along the pathway, the pathway that you tread before us. Teach us, Jesus, how much you wish to bring us to life, and how much you wish to bring into our sufferings, into our sorrows, the light of your gift, your presence, your truth, your goodness, your love. Holy Spirit, please stir the hearts of all those who listen now. Let them enter into Lent with open hearts, willingness to be converted, to return to the Lord with their whole hearts. Friends, brothers, and sisters, through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the friendship of St. Joseph, all the angels and saints, may Almighty God anoint you and heal you and bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Burns, so much for joining us You're today. You're welcome. Great to be with you all. God bless you. We'll see you in Lent.
And again, that is Father John Burns. The name of his book, Return, a Guided Lent Journal for Prayer and Meditation. It is out by Ave Maria Press. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Ave Maria, purchase a book for yourself, or better yet, maybe go to one of our wonderful Catholic bookstores here in the area. You can find those links that I talked about, materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.24 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend on this Wednesday, February 1st. Did you know we are now exactly three weeks away from Ash Wednesday? Oh, yeah, because it's Wednesday It's today. Wednesday, that's exactly right. Exactly three weeks. So February 22nd. And I know as we get closer to Lent, we'll have some Lenten resources certainly mm-hmm. on our webpage and on the Hail Mary media app. So if you haven't downloaded it yet, please do. If you go to our website, we've got all the information there. I mean, just think of all the stuff we have on the Hail Mary media app. We have prayers, audio, video prayers. You can uh, schedule prayers. You can listen to podcasts. I mean, so much more. And again, it is free. It is the Hail Mary media app. All the information about it, how to download it on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The 2023 Idaho Catholic Men's Conference is coming up Saturday, February 4th. You're invited to the premier Catholic men's event in the West. Attend the conference in person at St. Paul's Parish in Nampa, Idaho, or attend virtually online with Crowncast. This year's lineup includes Monsignor James Shea and Major League Baseball All-Star Mike Sweeney. For all the details or to register now, please visit IdahoCatholicMen.org. That's IdahoCatholicMen.org. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 826 at Mater Day Radio. Well, the jumbo jet is flying into the sunset. We'll explain in the news. And more than a million people join their voices to sing to Mary, celebrate Mass with Pope Francis. I have the latest on Pope Francis' trip to Africa. Here is Matt Marr, Won't Let Me Down. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Standing in ruins, covered in ashes, why God oh why do we suffer in life? No easy answers 
That is Matt Marr and Won't Let Me Down. It's 8.30 at Mantra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, it was an incredible gathering as more than one million people attended Pope Francis' Mass in the Democratic Republic of Congo on Wednesday morning, according to local authorities. The Mass in Kinshasa, DRC's capital city, took place on the airfield of Indolo Airport on the second day of the Pope's trip to two countries in Central and East Africa. Catholics attended a prayer vigil with confessions and music the night of January 31st, and some people who traveled from far away stayed at the airport all night until the morning Mass on February 1st. People gathered in the field hours before the start of Mass at 9.30 a.m. local time. Catholics danced and sang songs, including a chant of Maman. Mary or Mama Maria, which means Mama Mary in French, as they awaited Pope Francis' arrival. Pope Francis celebrated Mass in French, the official language of DRC. The Pope delivered a homily in Italian with French translations for the Mass, which was celebrated according to the Zaire use, the ordinary form of the Roman Rite. The Pope in his homily says there are three wellsprings of peace that include forgiveness, community, and mission. He also encouraged the people of DRC to unite their sufferings to the suffering of Christ. One million. A million people. That is incredible. I think they had an idea. This is a very Catholic country uh, in Africa. So they knew ahead of time that there was going to be a large group of people. Uh, A million, though. I just, that is incredible. How long did it take him to do communion? Took a little while. They're still working say, on it, actually. I was say, still, they're still <laughs> handing it out. On the business front this morning, Bed Bath & Beyond has announced it is closing another 87 stores across the country. Closing stores are in addition to the 150 closures Bed Bath & Beyond announced last August. Included in the new list are all 49 remaining Harmon Face Value stores, which once sold cosmetics. One of the closures on the Bed Bath & Beyond list is in Vancouver, mm-hmm. Vancouver Plaza Drive. You know where that is? Yeah, absolutely. People know there. It, it would be a hard go because there's a Target right there in the same little uh, shopping area. There you go. Uh, Intel has told its workers that it plans to cut employee compensation following a 32% decline in quarterly revenue, the giant chip maker reported last week. Now, base pay for employees above its mid-level ranks will see at least a 5% cut effective March 1st. Top executives will see greater reductions. Hourly employees won't be affected, but other incentives will be eliminated, such as merit raises and quarterly profit-sharing bonuses. I suppose it would be better to take a reduction in pay than to lose Mm -hmm. your job. Well, Washington State is a national outlier when it comes to the age at which students are required to be registered for school. Well, that could change with a bill that recently passed through the Washington State's Education Committee. Senate Bill 5020 aims to lower Washington's compulsory school age from eight, the age of a typical second or third grader, to six. Now, if the bill passes, children as young as six will have to enroll in a public or private school or be homeschooled. State regulations would require families to register with their local districts, cover required subject areas, keep academic records. 
Now, unlike older homeschool students, six and seven-year-olds would not be required by the bill to take academic progress tests every year. Now, parents who testified against the bill earlier last month argued that change isn't necessary and would put some students in school before they're ready. It would also, they said, place extra burdens on parents who are homeschooling their students in the earlier grades. So if you homeschool, you have to go through like state channels. To, yes, I think so. Yeah. And you have to do those regular testing because, yeah, if you're homeschooling, they you know don't really know that your children exist unless you are registered in school. So that way, you know, when they move into high school or go into college, they need to have some type of academic process. All right. Well, it is the end of an era in the friendly skies. Boeing delivered its last 747 jumbo jet on Tuesday. It went to Atlas Air to be used as a cargo freighter. So since its first flight in 1969, the giant 747 has served as a cargo plane, a commercial aircraft capable of carrying nearly 500 passengers, a transport for NASA's space shuttle, and the Air Force One presidential aircraft. It revolutionized travel, connecting international cities that had never before had direct routes. But over about the past 15 years, Boeing and its European rival, Airbus, have introduced more profitable and fuel-efficient wide-bodied planes with only two engines to maintain instead of the 747's four engines. So the final plane is the 1,574th built by Boeing at its Seattle-Tacoma facility. The first 747 entered service in 1970 on Pan Am's New York to London route. I love it. Yeah. David, did I ever tell you that I actually saw the space shuttle riding on the back of a 747? Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. When I was young, I must have been, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade, and there was a change of the space shuttle. Typically, it landed like in Florida or something. Right. And there's a big airfield in, in California. Yeah, I remember that. And so my dad got us up early, and we went and watched the space shuttle land, and we left. And then we noticed cars kind of stopped along the side of the road looking in the sky and my dad's like what what are they looking at and he pulled over and sure enough that 747 was flying in the air with a space shuttle on top of it that's amazing how does that get off the ground <laughs> i know it that's how big the uh, 747 uh, is yeah boy but that anyway. was uh, that's great end of an era well, a man suspected in a violent kidnapping in Oregon has died, according to KGW. Benjamin Foster, 36 years old, died on the way to the hospital after an hours-long standoff with police. It is unclear what led to Foster's death. Police plan on holding a news conference today. Grants Pass Police Lieutenant Jeff Hattersley told the news Tuesday evening that Foster was underneath a house in Grants Pass and that police were trying to get him to surrender. Now, just before 8 p.m., Hattersley said the situation was resolved. Now, they said that this began with credible information that Foster had entered a home where a woman was found unconscious and near death on January 24th. Now, officers from four agencies concentrated in the area set up a command post that assembled a SWAT team, according to newspaper. Foster was spotted then Tuesday morning in the Grants Pass area, Grants Pass Police Department noted on Facebook. Now, it was in 2019 before moving to Oregon that Foster held his then-girlfriend captive inside her Las Vegas apartment for two weeks. He was charged with five felonies and ended up reaching a deal with prosecutors. 
And in sports, the Portland Trailblazers begin a three-game road trip today with the game at the Memphis Grizzlies, tip-off at 4 o'clock. Blazers lost to Memphis in their only other previous meeting in early November, but the Blazers did not have Damian Lillard for that game. So following Monday's home win over Atlanta, the Blazers are two games below 500. On an up note, Portland welcome back its top two rebounders as center Yusuf Nurkic and Josh Hart return to the lineup after missing Saturday night's loss to Toronto. And in a recorded video post this morning, legendary quarterback. Wait, let me get my tissue. I know, I know, I know you're upset about this. <laughs> legendary quarterback, touchdown Tommy Brady, said he is retiring for good from football, ending a 23-year NFL career that included seven Super Bowl titles and numerous records. You may remember last year, then at 44 years of age, Brady announced his retirement on this very day, February 1st. Oh, really? Only to change his mind 40 uh-huh. days later. But this time, it seems like it's the real deal. He even said in his video post, I know what happened last year. You know, this is for real. This is for I'm, real. I'm, I'm, I'm really well, calling it quits. You know, if there is a man who should enjoy his retirement, it's him. I mean, really, yeah. what he's done for the game and followers, whether you, you love him or not. You know, he yeah. was an incredible. He made the game exciting. Oh, and the absolutely. comebacks. Yeah. Oh, the comebacks were incredible. So I believe I heard this last year that he was ready or had a literally a television job as one of the hosts. Uh-huh. Can't remember. It might have been for Fox as their analyst for football, ready to go. If he if he's ready, they're ready. And so that's probably where you will end up seeing him as a TV broadcaster. Okay. So. So enjoy the rest of the year. Have a nice summer. Summer yeah. beautiful. And then come September, we'll be looking for him on the airwaves you, you behind know, the desk yes. this time. You know, getting up after a broadcast is probably a lot easier on your body than getting up after a, oh, playing in an NFL football no game. No doubt. Yeah, and I'm so. sure after the game, your body felt a whole lot yeah. better after taking not taking a few hits. Well, David, let me ask you, how many hours in the evening do you go home and start playing Roblox? What? <laughs> Roblox. That's a Roblox. Popu- it's a popular video game. And right. let me say this so that way you understand. R O B R O B L O X. L O X. So Roblox. I think better. Roblox. Roblox. B L O X. Yeah, it's a popular video game that offers players a chance to build anything that comes into their imaginations and then you share it with others. It's similar to that other favorite game of yours, David, Minecraft. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Roblox presents a sandbox experience with fanciful block-like appearance, similar to that like Legos. With all these creative and wholesome elements, it should be no surprise that Catholics have been making in-game churches to spur virtual faith communities. In fact, in Poland, it has become a recent trend for Roblox players. Now, there's an estimated 50 million users worldwide per day that are on this platform. And some of them, they're attending these virtual services to see what has been constructed. Now, the phenomenon was a niche group at the start, but now these services, there's masses and memorials, they've become so popular that hundreds wait in a queue in order to attend one of these. Hmm. Now, these virtual Catholic events are organized thanks to a tremendous community on the popular gaming chat platform called Discord. Now, with over 28,000 members to this Discord server, they can easily put together events that are well-attended and, they say, are respectful for to the faith. However, these masses, 
they're not actually a valid mass, but still a valuable experience that educates newcomers about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist and the mass. It gives the faithful a chance to game in a unique setting. The Vatican City State has been created on this platform. That includes the Sistine Chapel. Now, this might spark interest in the liturgy for younger folks, but always need to remind them there is nothing that can compare to the real thing. So Roblox. 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 So when I get home in the evening, I usually play with my Etch-a-Sketch. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, all right. You're going to have school. to upgrade. <laughs> I guess so. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And you heard about it earlier in the show from our friend Ed Longwa this Thursday at 5 p.m. is Why Organize Love Matters online event. Join Catholic Charities of Oregon for an evening of virtual storytelling and theological reflections focused on Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical on love, Deus Caritas Est, hosted by Sarah Granger and Ed Longwa and personal reflections from Archbishop Sample. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Did you have an Etch-A-Sketch? Oh, yes. Yeah. All my kids had Etch-A-Sketches, yeah. too. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are great fun. Oh, I know. Until it breaks and sand starts pouring out of them. <laughs> That's right. I like how you shake it, you know, and you clear it, and yeah. then you do it. So I always would turn the wrong, like I'm making something, and then you actually turn the dial the wrong way, and yeah. then it's like, ah. <laughs> messed up that picture. So it is February today, the first day of February. We are going to go through the February calendar. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Jesus lived on this earth for 30-some years, but isn't it interesting that we know only about a few of them? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. We know nothing about most of Jesus' life. We can imagine that he lived such a good and ordinary life that it did not attract attention. Yet this average, everyday fidelity was the preparation for that mission we know from the Gospels. We don't know what God will have in store for us to do in the future. Life according to St. Benedict's rule tells us that the best way for us to prepare for it is by being faithful in the ordinary demands of our life, day after day. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. Only by fidelity in the seemingly small things we are expected to accomplish each day can we ever be prepared for whatever difficult sacrifices might eventually be asked of us. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. 
These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. And it is 846 at Mater Day Radio. We're going to see a little sunshine today after some morning clouds. I don't think it's going to be super sunny, but I think, you know, you will see a little sunshine. We see a little bit coming through right now. High of 43 degrees, partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 30. And then for Thursday, mostly cloudy skies, high of 48. Looks like uh, Thursday night, 60% chance of rain. So showers start to roll in. Does start to warm up a little bit, though, like Friday, Saturday, 50. That'd be okay, nice. That'd be kind of yeah. nice. Sure. You yeah. can get out your walk. Exactly. Currently, it is 30 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic School in Vancouver. And 27 degrees at Resurrection Church in Tualatin. Are you ready for a second cup of the morning blend? Here's David and Brenda. Uh, yeah, a chilly morning, uh, coffee, hot cocoa. This is the kind of morning to do that. You know, David, just in our last segment, you were talking about your etch a sketch. Yeah. I had etch a sketches to the, the kids had. My fact, my mom bought four of them so that way each of the kids had their own. Nice. And they didn't have to share. Do you ever try to draw a circle? With your you know that is it's hard to to master a circle with the etch a sketch. I I I applaud anyone who can do that well. Yeah, I've seen there's some people online. They're artists that somehow etch a sketches make sense. Yeah, and they like beautiful. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, things yeah. they can draw with the etch a sketch. So. Anyway, well, you know, February is the month. It's not National Etch-A-Sketch Month or anything <laughs> I was gonna say, like that. Is this Etch-A-Sketch yeah, Month? No, but okay. there are some good things that are coming up. So we thought we'd spend today's second cup going through the calendar to get things lined up for you so you don't forget yeah. anything. I just realized this. I heard this last night. I for- totally forgot about it. In fact, it would have gone right by me if I hadn't heard it. Tomorrow is Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. Oh, all right. Somebody talk to that groundhog. Tell Putsatani <laughs> Phil... We want good news this year. That's right. So what's the deal? If he sees his shadow, it's more winter. More winter. Right. And because he runs back in. But if he doesn't see his shadow, then it's early spring. Early spring. So cross our our fingers I can't remember what he said recently. Isn't there like a hedgehog here at the Oregon Zoo? Yeah, it used to be at the Oregon Zoo. I don't know if they still do that. But yeah, it was the hedgehog. That's Oregon's version of the- Yeah, I trust the hedgehog more here. (laughs) That's right. Because, I mean, that, a hedgehog at the Oregon Zoo would be more acclimated to the weather changes in, in Oregon yeah. than Pixitani Phyllis, wherever he is back east. He's in Pennsylvania. Okay. Isn't well, he? I think so. Yeah. I, it's like those men with the top hats. <laughs> They're kind of fun. That's it. Well, tomorrow's Groundhog's Day, but looking at my Catholic liturgical calendar, it's a big day. It's a trifecta, in fact, of feast days. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is, because it's the presentation of the Lord, and it's also the purification of the Virgin Mary, and it's also Candlemas Day when candles yeah. are blessed on that day. Don't you have Father Eric tomorrow? Yes. Talk about that? No, I thought I was going to have him ready for today, but no, it's tomorrow. So yeah. please tune in tomorrow. He goes in depth as to why each of these happen on this particular day. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Yeah. And he said, here's what's neat, is because you have the blessing of candles on the second which actually are supposed to be there was a time where they were used for the whole year right and the very first candles that were used was on the next day february 3rd 
Feast of St. Blaise. Oh, yeah. That's the blessing of the throats. Of the throats. Have you ever had that done? I, I have, yeah. I remember when we were in Catholic school growing up, when we yeah. would go to daily mass, we'd have the blessing of the throats. So. Yeah. In fact, I remember, man, it's long. I was a little kid back at the day, but I think there was like a special mass that we would go to specifically for that. For the blessing yeah, of the throats. right. That's a good good yeah. thing. But, you know, watch out. Those candles are lit. Don't get... <laughs> yeah. No. I don't think they get your hair them. singed. Yeah, no, it. they wouldn't light those candles. Yeah. No. So so then as we move through, don't get too far down the uh, calendar. David, if you grabbed Mater Day Radio's Marian calendar of feast days mm-hmm. that we uh, mailed to all of our supporters at the beginning of the year. Right. One of the dates would be on that calendar coming up on the 11th. Let me look. Oh, yeah. Our but Lady it's, of Lords. It's Our Lady of Lords. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I know. Uh, in fact, I think at the calendar, in fact, it is the calendar that I'm using right now. Mm-hmm. It has Lord's Cathedral on it. Oh, beautiful. I've not, I, that's someplace I really want to yeah, go. Yeah. That Lord's France. Gonna, Lord's France. Yeah. I, I mentioned to you that, uh, 60 Minutes did a fascinating story about Lord's. Did they really? Yeah. Not just several weeks ago. You had a chance to watch it. Really good. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that mm-hmm. one up. I love it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, as we move through, then just one more week, February 14th, David. Yes, you know what that is. I do. It's the feast of Saint Cyril and Saint Methodius. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it is. Because I know that you don't want to forget that. I do not want to forget that. But it's also another Saint's Day. Yes. That would be St. Valentine's Day. St. Valentine's Day. Yes. That uh, he, uh, you know, yeah, that was year 269. Is that right? Yeah. That's what it says here on this calendar. Isn't right. that incredible? That's the, So, yeah, that's coming right up. It's a good long uh, time that we have been celebrating St. Valentine's Day. Uh, he was marrying uh, Christians in... Uh, Secret, mm-hmm. because that they, they wouldn't allow yeah. a, a Christian marriage and so, in Rome. In Rome, and yeah. that's what he was doing. He died for it. Yes, yes, he did. And then, of course, just one week later, it is giveaway day at Catholic churches across the country mm-hmm. and around the world. On February twenty second begins our Lenten journey. That's it, Ash Wednesday. It is not a holy day of obligation. It's not, but it's always but one of the most attended masses of the year. Outside of Sundays. Yeah. yeah. People always go to get ashes. Of course, and we'll talk more about this as we get closer to it. You have to remember that it is a day of fast, a day of abstinence. And mm-hmm. so remember, there's some rules that go along with that, David. At your peaking age, some of the things <laughs> may not apply to yes. you as they would to somebody like me at a at a more active, younger yes. part. Thanks for reminding me of that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, take some time. Look at your calendar today. Make sure those dates are highlighted for sure. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, 
We invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Partly sunny skies today. We'll have a high of 43 degrees. Cloudy overnight tonight, low of 30. Mostly cloudy for Thursday, high of 48. And then Thursday night, that's when it looks like we'll see a bit of a change as the rain rolls in. 60% chance of showers with a low of 39. Then starts to warm up Friday and Saturday back to 50 degrees. So that'll be nice. It is currently 29 degrees in the Rose City. And here's Sean Garrison and Sarah Kroger to close out our show today. God alone. You are listening to the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio bridge between your faith and everyday life. Now you people clap your hands Shout to God with cries of gladness for the Lord, the most high, the awesome, is the great King over all the earth. Sing praise to the Lord, sing praise. Sing praise to our King, sing praise. In God alone my soul rejoices, in God alone my spirit sings. He alone my strength, my fortress, Pour out my heart in praise to God alone. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you, my soul thirsts for you. I will bless you all my life Lift my hands and call on your name Sing praise to the Lord, sing praise Sing praise to our King, sing praise God alone my soul rejoices God alone my spirit sings He alone my strength, my fortress
That is Sean Garrison and Sarah Kroger, God Alone. It's 859 at Day Radio. Hey, that's going to wrap it up on this February 1st on the Morning Blend, a new month as we inch closer to the start of the Lenten season, as you just mentioned, February right. 22nd, Ash Wednesday. So uh, the countdown's on. Three, You said three weeks three from weeks, today. Three weeks from today, okay. exactly. There you go. Well, we better start uh, all of that fa- that uh, <laughs> fasting prep. That's right. Which means we eat a lot in the three weeks before okay. we have to give it all up. <laughs> That is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. It's Wednesday, so blazing the trail. Coming on this evening at 730. You can catch it on the Hail Mary media app. Have a blessed day.